from WBNE. Howdy, Yokes. Before we get started today, we wanted to let you know that this episode of Bacon and Eggs is brought to you by our patrons. We want to build this thing to be as big as it can be, and we want to make more podcasts for you, and we can't do it alone. If you enjoyed this episode and want more Bacon and Eggs, head over to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash bacon and eggs. This month, we are doing uh, the same thing we did in December, where anybody who is a new or upgrading patron will get a free sticker in the mail. If you're still waiting on your one from December, uh, you will also get that. I've commissioned them today. They are awesome. I'm very excited about it, and I'm so sorry. It took this long, but if you do that this month, I promise it will not take that long next time. I'm not a terrible human being. Anyway, you should check out all of our tiers. We've got everything set up the way that we like it right now. Um, and with the most popular tier by far is our $5 tier, uh, which is you get access to the hash browns, which is our show after the show. It's like a kind of 20 to 30 minutes of Ethan and I John about something or doing an AMA or like rolling D and D characters or do, doing all sorts of stuff. Um, and that's a super duper lots of fun. And it also gets you access to our discord server where there are over 100 patrons of, uh, WBNE shows that you get to interact with. And I would only recommend doing that if you want to make new and awesome friends, because that's where you'll find them. Um, uh, but if you're already at one of those levels, check out our $10 tier, which gets you access to uh, unedited episodes of Bacon and Eggs. So you get them usually one to two days early. Uh, like this week, you'll get it two days early, I think, as long as Ethan uploads it. I don't know what he's going to do. I am not in charge of him. I am not his boss. I am his business partner. So if he does that, great. If not, you'll get it tomorrow. And that'd be exciting. But tomorrow is yesterday. Anyway, you can hear all the behind the scenes moments. They're going to make it an episode and all the awkward silences. And then like after this, you get to hear that like, okay, you ready? Yeah. Okay, cool. And then, like, we start the show show. Uh, anyway, we can really use your help to make the podcast the best it can possibly be. So new and upgrading patrons in the month of February uh, will get a sticker uh, shipped directly from us. Ethan and I packaged those envelopes ourselves. Uh, anyway, I have jawed at you long enough. Thank you for donating, and thank you even more for listening. Howdy, Yugs, and welcome back to Bacon I'm Tyler Garland. And I'm Ethan Chill. And today we're movie stars. Or maybe we're just stunt doubles. So pick up a hitchhiking cult member. And prevent a famous murder. Because today we're bringing you Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I tried to read the ellipses that's in the movie title. Oh, there you go. You could, you could read it like a passive-aggressive boomer. It'd be like, once upon a time in Hollywood. In Hollywood. Once upon a time in Hollywood. I'm Wolf Blitzer. You know what I loved about the first scene of this movie before I get to the stats? is when they're doing like the interview with Brad Pitt and, and uh, uh, oh my God, Leo and the, uh, the TV show host, like... The way that it's shot, there's obviously a camera there that's, like, impossible to exist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, they keep cutting back to this shot of just the reporter. That's but not, then they would come. Yeah, the shot like, the camera's not, not sit, Right, the camera's not actually sitting there. Oh, man. I loved it. There was so much of that in this movie. They're, like, really appreciate, like, how many takes they must have done to get it exactly the way that they wanted to. Um, but let me run down the stats. Um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is an Oscar nominee, which is why it came across our desk. Uh, it was directed by Quentin Tarantino. It was released July 26, 2019, just 193 days ago. Had a $90 million budget, which I think I feel like is a lot for an Oscar they nominee. They paid a lot of people to be in this movie, though. <laughs> they did. They did. They certainly did. And Brad Pitt, Adrian DiCaprio, and... Al Pacino, Margot Robbie. Uh, Margot Robbie in it for, like, no reason. <laughs> 
I mean, she was a main character. She was in it. Uh, it made $309.9 million worldwide. It got an 85% critic rating and a 70% audience rating. It says $389 million. What did I say? You said $309. Oh, $389.9 million worldwide. 85% critic rating, 70% audience rating on Rotten Tomatoes, and an 83 on Metacritic. I feel like all three of those scores are lower than I would have thought, uh, given the quality of- No, I could, the audience score makes sense. No, yeah, I, I can understand. I can, okay, you're right. I can level with you there. I can totally understand walking into this movie, watching it, and being like, I hated everything yeah, about I that. Yeah, I don't know <laughs> what just happened. And I did not like it. Yeah. Uh, but this movie has some really cool motifs, some really cool like art stuff. I feel like this is one that you could do like an entire class on. Oh, for sure. It's almost like it was made uh, by one of the all-time expert filmmakers. Yes. And this this I easily falls into the freshman dorm room poster club. I guess. I disagree. You don't think so? No. I feel like I think if that you're I, giving because you took a film and philosophy class where you watched like The Fountain. Yeah. I think so am that I, am you I giving are giving college freshmen freshman too much credit. Too much credit. Okay. That's Tarantino, though. I mean, Pulp Fiction makes that list. Pulp Fiction has had a long time to be, like, almost memed. Yeah. Like, Pulp Fiction has been, like, nickelbacked to a certain extent. Oh, yeah. If you tell me your favorite movie is Pulp Fiction, Right. It's like, I I'm assume... a film guy. I like Tarantino. And if you tell me your favorite movie is Pulp Fiction, I don't have anything to say to you. And I like Pulp Fiction. And I like Pulp Fiction. <laughs> I like Pope, I like all of them. I like Fight Club. I have the same response. I like though. Nickelback. <laughs> I also I, I've been known to I've been oh, known to let me do a, a professional negative review real quick. Okay, I don't have a positive one, so let me grab one. I've got one that. from I wrote down the hold on. I did not write down the guy's name, but I wrote down the the, the, the publication. Uh, publication. Okay, I'll take that. Oh, no, I'm just going to find the name real quick. Oh, okay. I think I wrote down the the uh, name and then backspaced it and put in the publication instead. Oh, once upon... There's a lot of a lot of t- words you have to type in on Rotten Tomatoes to get to this one. I, I'm noticing that right now, where like Once Upon a Time in America with James Woods shows up all the way up through Once Upon a Time in. That's true. Okay, um, where was this name to review? This is Damien Levy. Levi. Damien Levi. Damien Levy. It's L-E-V-Y. I, I'm not sure which. Uh, who says, watching the movie is like listening to a friend explain a wikipedia article that he's been obsessed with since he was 15 that is the best review i've it, ever is the heard best review, and film. it's so true and like i <laughs> like this movie but it was so true this was quentin tarantino being like okay this is what was on tv in 1969 this is what the commercials looked like these were the famous people yes uh but it sets things up good the movie it, it has an arc you don't expect and oh, I, for I'll sure I mean, obviously, the ending is, especially if you don't know anything about Hollywood history, like I know nothing about Hollywood history. I know about a decent about like movies and the art behind them. I know very little about like. Oh, when when Roman Polanski's. When Rome, go ahead, go ahead, read your review, and we'll talk about okay, arcs okay. that I did expect. Okay, so I have Jake Wilson from The Age in Australia, which I have no idea who this is, and I haven't read this review yet. Uh, but there seems little <laughs> doubt that every detail of the tableau, tab, tableau, tableau. tableau tableau has been selected to give tarantino pleasure and we are being permitted to witness a private ritual of self-gratisfaction on more than one self-gratification gosh gratisfaction is a great a great portmanteau of gratification and satisfaction that is actually the name of my bass heavy sort of like hipster pop band gratisfaction yeah, it's like a sort of hipster pop funk thing that we're doing. Um, I play keys, which incidentally, there's only keys. 
<laughs> okay. Uh, on more than one level. Basically, all he's saying is like, this is somebody who's like, Tarantino, make exactly what you want to make. And Tarantino was like, I've been doing that, but okay. Oh, no, Tarantino, this is what this movie was. Is Quentin Tarantino, a few years back, sat down in probably the premiere of the movie Hail Caesar mm-hmm. and looked around and said, oh, oh, we can make, we, we can make movies, hold on, we can make movies about Hollywood? No one told me. I'll be right back. <laughs> and then he made this. And then he made this, yeah. Which on a, on a on another level, Hail Caesar is phenomenal for sure. Hail Caesar makes less sense than this. Yeah, this has far and away. So what the 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 uh, subversion in this is that you think it's about Leo, right? Yeah, but it's about Brad Pitt. Yeah. Uh, that's the, the whole thing. Oh, it's for not sure, about, yeah. It's not about Leo at all. Like, there's no conflict that he runs into. He what has that you, conversation with Hold on, real quick. I know it's not the movie you're talking about. What? Don't look it up. Without Googling. Without Googling. What do you think the Rotten Tomatoes scores are for Hail Caesar? 64 and like 29. You got the you got the, the split pretty close, but it's 86-44. Yeah, I definitely thought audiences would hate it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That even, is- even if when I watch it to this day, I'm like... Do I hate this movie? Do I, exactly. Do I like this? Did I enjoy this? <laughs> yeah. It's like, it, I, I like it in ways that I, I can't describe because I don't know what happens. <laughs> Channing Tatum uh, has a, he loses some money, I think. But no, literally, so on the topic of arcs that you, I, yeah, I definitely like, I definitely get where you're coming from in, in you not having any clue as to like what the pretense of this movie was. No, I, I was completely, I knew the gnome Roman Polanski. I was, I, I wasn't convinced that Margot Robbie was playing whoever she played. Uh, oh, legitimately. Yeah. As soon as uh, Brad Pitt was like, or whichever one says it was like, that's Roman Polanski. I was like, oh, Charles Manson's going to kill Sharon Tate. Okay. That's this movie. Oh, is that, is that who? That's the guy, the guy that, um, shows up randomly and like rings the doorbell and is like oh i thought this was so-and-so's place that's supposed to be charles manson okay but he's not the hippie from the end no he sent a bunch of other people to do his thing for him okay his whole cult was the people that lived on the on the ranch okay the manson family now so basically they prevented the crime in this movie this is the spoilers they prevented the crime that put charles manson in jail do you think he's gonna lose too yeah i just i for sure did because like Sharon Tate died. Like, she super died that night. Yeah, and and Brad Pitt was, like, high off his butt. Yeah. Yeah, you that super That is the died. most... I'm not gonna lie to you. Like, when I was watching this movie, I was watching it and watching it and watching it, and I knew people were like, oh my god, the last 15 minutes is just absolutely insane. Well, it's a like, Tarantino movie. Right, and I was like, okay, that's, that's whatever. So I'm watching it and watching it, and I'm looking at the time as I'm watching it, and I'm like, man, it's gotta happen. Like, I know they say the last 15 minutes, but they probably mean like, you know, the whole third act, the last 30 minutes. No. No. 15 minutes from end of runtime, Hard this movie heat. gets- yeah. Freaking bonkers. Hard, hard, hard yeet to the left. I, 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 you know what? I loved it. Really? Because you called me earlier and you're like, I don't think I could ever watch this movie again. I don't think I can. Yeah, no, I, I 100% don't think I can. I think this is definitely a one and done. I, I loved this whole experience from beginning to end, but I think watching it again, I'm not going to, I'm not going to enjoy it as much. Interesting. I mean, I think I would, I think I would, but I have no desire to turn it on. No, I feel that. Also, I don't do well. We've talked about this on the show before uh, with that sort of like campy gore. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like the, it's not too bad until 
Such a weird sentence. It's not too bad until Leo ignites a flamethrower on the girl in the pool. In the girl in the pool. Yeah, that was pretty brutal. That is when it's like, okay. And, and like, I didn't get sick or anything, but that's when I'm but like. But the scene, the, that was such a great scene of the girl like stumbling through the door, falling in the pool. And like Leo being like, what the? What is going on? What is going on? He just walks casually into the, 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 the pool hut and like grabs the flamethrower. <laughs> I was like, this is so... This is exactly what this character would do. Like he grabs the flamethrower, but it is uh it's like a Han shot first thing. He doesn't point it at her until the gun is pointed at him. Right. So it's like the opposite of Han shot first. But Yeah, for sure. This movie is insane. Oh my god. Because yeah. it definitely like the for most of it, I was like, where are we going with this? Yeah, I thought maybe there was gonna be more to the like I said, like the whole Leo is the red herring through the whole thing. It's that it's like, okay, so it's this story about this actor who was a big deal, but now he's kind of got a right. And like the first two and a half acts take place over one day, and then it's like Dude. six months later. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And it just, I've, uh, it's insane for sure. I mean, it's it's, it's Tarantino. The, at the end of Inglorious Bastards, they murder Hitler and like the entire like Nazi command team in a movie theater. Yes. And that just, that didn't happen at all. (laughs) Like, that super isn't how that went down. Yes. Oh, my God. When when they pull up the list of, when they're doing the whole montage of which movies DiCaprio was in while he was in Italy, and one of them was directed by Antonio Margariti, which is, he's he's one of the guys, one of the the guys in Inglourious Bastards pretending to be Italian. Oh, that's such a funny callback. Margariti! Yes, 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 yes. I had to, like, pause the movie to fall out of my chair and laugh for ten minutes. That is good. That is some really good stuff. Also, there's 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 other Tarantino cameos in here. Like, uh, Sam Jackson is an extra in the Western. Is he? Yeah, he's sitting at a table playing poker. I missed that. I was like, he's gotta be in here somewhere. Yeah. Um, I thought uh, Uma Thurman would be in it somewhere, but I, I didn't catch her. I don't think she does much anymore. I think she does whatever Uma Thurman wants. I mean, it's entirely possible, but I... I I haven't. I can't think of anything that I've seen her in recently. Uh, she was in uh, Garfield too. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> was she? Bill Murray and Uma Thurman. Don't you know? Uh, Known for Kill Bill Volume One, Kill Bill Volume Two, Pulp Fiction, and Batman and Robin. Oh, she was Poison Ivy, right? Yeah. Yeah. That was my first. Uh, that was my first crush. So the most recent of her known fours are uh, was two thousand four. <laughs> so she's been pretty active. She's been in some bad stuff. Um, she was in her most recent film was the house that Jack built, which uh, got a fifty eight percent on Rotten. She Spanos, played lady number one. And she played lady number one. Um, it looks like she just does whatever she wants. It looks like she took several years off. Uh, I don't see that. Between two thousand fifteen and two thousand eighteen, there are zero credits. Uh, she produced a film called Girl Soldier, and uh, that's it. Yeah, which doesn't have a score, so I don't know if it was good or not. She was fake Lois Lane in the movie Forty Three. Movie Forty Three is the bane I've never of my seen existence. It. I've seen it, and uh, basically all it is. If, if you're unfamiliar, is um, our good friend. Oh my gosh, what is his name? So what are you doing right now? Seth MacFarlane. No, not Seth MacFarlane. Uh, Dennis Quaid mm. is like pitching sketches. Is it not and a they, Seth MacFarlane movie? I don't know. Dennis Quaid is pitching sketches, and then they like all these big name actors act out the sketches, and they're all horrible. I'm thinking of A Thousand Ways to Die in the West. Oh, that looked like fun. It was not. It was a Seth MacFarlane movie. I like Seth MacFarlane. You I like do? Family Guy. Yeah. Really? You like yeah. Family Guy? Yeah. Oh, God. I, I mean, I, I haven't watched Family Guy probably since maybe freshman year of college, but uh, I've seen clips here and there. I like Seth MacFarlane. I like... Uh, 
It's crude. It's just crude. I like the robot chicken stuff. I thought that was funny. Not robot chicken. Not like the robot chicken show. I like the uh, Star Wars robot chicken stuff. Yeah. I like Ted. Ted is good. Um, also crude and gross. Yeah, I would agree. Crude and gross. Uh, He's a great impressionist, but not my cup of tea. Anyway, A Thousand Ways to Die in the West is a bad movie. <laughs> no, I haven't seen it, so I don't know. Um, it's the same sort of like, it's just a bunch of like sketches tied into a movie. Oh, I hate that. It's like movie 43. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I don't even know what to say about this movie. I have no, it's been, it's also, I, I'll be, to, to break the fourth wall a little bit, audience, it has been a long time since I saw this movie. Yeah, usually we are coming off of like just seeing the film, like the day prior or even the day of. I think it has been two weeks for each of us. Yeah, it's, it one. was, so we haven't recorded since the 14th and uh, we were going to record two days before I left. And I think I saw the movie the day prior to that. And then yes. we didn't end up recording. And yeah, then we, we now we're a, here. A thing come up. We had a thing come up and now we're here and it's been a long time since I saw the movie. And the problem is, normally that wouldn't be that big of an issue, but I spent like... 25 hours on a plane watching great movies. So is that all you did on the plane was watch film? Yeah, pretty much. And slept. Huh. No podcast. No, uh... There was an episode of Bacon and Eggs came out last week. I don't know if you, uh... I don't know, yeah, maybe. I didn't listen to it. Hey, check that out. Yeah, I'm not even gonna let you make me feel bad about that because you have <laughs> not a single it. one. I listened to Last Jedi. Okay, that was, uh, two and some change years ago. <laughs> You were gone for like six weeks and I did six without you and you haven't listened to a single one of them. So. I, I do know. Okay. So obviously like whatever. The reason that you weren't here on the show last week is because you didn't have time to be. So I wouldn't have expected yeah. you to have time to listen to it. Um, or not that you didn't have time because you were in, you know, India. Uh, so it's what I'm not upset even a little bit. Uh, but I will say that when I was on maternity leave, I didn't listen to like any podcasts, but I did turn on a few episodes of Bacon and Eggs and listen to like the first 20 minutes. Um, But no, really the problem was uh, Spotify is great for podcasting sort of it's not as great as overcast it's really bad for podcasts while you're on a plane because you can't um search them so even if you have stuff downloaded there's no like library really yeah is that so I mean, I'm sure it is. I couldn't figure it out. And so it gave me like, a, these are the podcasts you have downloaded. And it gave me like six of them, like a random six out of all the episodes I downloaded of things. And so I listened to those and I was like, oh, I'm going to go listen to the other episodes of stuff. And it just, it was not possible. And they just weren't there. I mean, they were, they were there on my phone. And like when I searched them, it says they're downloaded, but I couldn't, the search feature doesn't work. So I had no podcasts to listen to. So I watched a bunch of movies instead. Oh, I hope you enjoyed them. I did. saw a bunch of great films. Uh, several that were Probably better than this one. Are you caught up on the Oscars? No. Oscars. Not even close. <laughs> There's still so many movies that were nominated for Best Picture that I have not seen. Does that make you feel weird? Uh, No. It's just like some of them aren't really... Like, I couldn't go see 1917 because it's in theaters. Right. So you couldn't just like bring a movie theater on the plane to right. Dubai. And, like, and the problem was that like Jojo Rabbit is available for streaming as of midnight Yes, to today. Like, it's available today. Right. And so by the time I was able to get it... It was, I was already on the last flight, so I didn't watch that. This is unrelated to everything that we've been talking about. When we played FIFA in college, what was the name of your creative player? Not the one we had, like Ethan's creative player. David Nash. David Nash. I actually specifically created that name for FIFA. Really? Yeah, because it was a name, it was a first and last name that the uh, commentators could say. That's awesome. I'm so proud of you. And that is a last name that is available in every professional sports game. <laughs> Nosh. So that is my that is my create a player name and has passes been ever it, since then. Passes it to the striker. Nosh. And I've I've altered the first name a little bit sometimes, especially if I do like more than one campaign. Did you buy any sports games this year? I have such sad news about video games. I bought Madden. Uh, Madden was okay. really good this year. And um, I bought 2K. I would love to get back into FIFA. Um, 
I haven't bought FIFA in a while. I haven't either. I haven't, I haven't bought Madden. Well, that's not true. I bought Madden 19, I think. Uh, whatever. Madden, Madden 20 was really good. I'm sure it was. I'm sure it's awesome. Um, like significant. You can run the ball, Tyler. Hey, I know. Successfully. I know about a fake halfback pitch flip. No, but play. like you can just like, it can be just part of your offense. Like it right. can be, You don't have to cheat the game. Right. Like you can just run the ball. Like it is feasible. That's amazing. Not something I ever thought <laughs> They've would be cracked real. their own code. <laughs> they made it so hard. I think it's because for so long in that game, defense was just so bad. And they figured out like how to like stop the run. Right. I remember playing uh, like NCAA football and with a, like a halfback and running for like 10,000 yards. <laughs> right. In, in like 12 games. Uh, what was I saying? Oh. Uh, I turned on my Xbox for the first time in months the other day uh, to cancel my Xbox Live subscription. Nice. Um, because I turned it on for the first time in months. But when I did that, I logged in and it was like, do you want to play Borderlands 3? And I was like, how dare you? I never finished it. I have not finished it either. But how dare it? Just I'm at the point, honestly, where because I am so on the go and I'm so rarely on my couch that if it's not the Switch, it's hard for me to commit to like sitting down and playing anything. See, that's why I've been Switch. that's why I've been so on sports games for so long. Is it like I can play a video game for fifteen minutes and accomplish something? Right. You can you can play the next game in your story mode and then do the, the training Shut the center thing off and then turn and then it leave. off. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I love about sports games. I also just just love sport in general uh what did you yeah the I, big game was this week last weekend and i missed you, it for the first time in my life so you didn't see any of it i didn't see a thing it's oh, i mean i, I saw it. i so i turned i turned my phone on because it like it started 5 a.m my time okay um so i woke up like in the fourth quarter seven something eight maybe eight something and turned my phone on and looked at the score and i was like oh the 49ers are up by seven cool chiefs win got it 49ers up by seven told you chiefs win yeah. yeah, bro. There's no way. Fun. There was no way. Yeah, no, he's so good. Yeah, the the truly the next the next great like Hall of Famer. I, I was watching. Uh, I mean, it, pff, thanks for coming to our podcast about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. This is Sports Talk Radio with Tyler and Ethan. Uh, I was watching Drew Brees talk about it on Pat McAfee because he didn't make the NFL 100 team. Yeah, and he was like, I mean, I have these records and I don't really feel bad about. It. I think it would have been cool to get it, but I don't really feel bad about it, especially when you look at players like it, he was talking about. I really am interested in the next 100, and you look at somebody like Patrick Mahomes, like Lamar Jackson, and you see the game is is changing there isn't a space for the tom brady's the drew Brees, the peyton manning oh yeah no they're gone it's over well tom's still there but even is even, he because is he because he lost in the first round no i know but he's so i don't know if tom's still there <laughs> is really your best bet well his hulu has live sports commercial was that he was his reveal in that is that he's not leaving new england okay good for him <laughs> he can make another 12 win season and miss the playoffs great he made the playoffs he just Barely. lost the first round he lost uh, the first rounds of Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> you might as well have missed the playoffs. <laughs> oh, man. But no, Mahomes, yeah. is, Mahomes is crazy, dude. He can throw an actual no-look pass. Yeah. Oh, I mean, he's a cheat code. He's insane. Yeah, like you look at every other quarterback and it's like, oh, yeah, they're throwing no-looks or whatever. And every other quarterback is just like, no, Mahomes can do it. Like, he's real. Right. He's He is the best. Right. And it's like, you know, they play up the drama so much on TV and these dudes are actually texting each other just like, yo, that was sick, bro. That was amazing. I think yep. I think basketball does a much better job of it than football of showing that like professional players actually respect each other. Oh, basketball does a very good job of that. Yeah. Um, some other sports news that happened when you died or not when you died. Oh when God. I died. Yeah, I heard about Kobe <laughs> Bryant. That was that was um, that was big sad. That's a big, big sad. It makes um, me question like. Somebody, it seems like somebody fair, like a celebrity dies. It seems like once a year in a helicopter accident. Is that so? 
Like, stop riding in helicopters. It is not worth it. Helicopters are so dangerous. They are. Helicopter accidents happen all the time. I did not know this. It's like the dude from uh, freaking Montgomery Gentry died in a helicopter accident. Did he really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah, it's just like, it, it happens like enough that my brain is like, I shouldn't ride in helicopters. Well, yeah, I'm sure the industry took a hit last week or whenever. Definitely. That was a bad one. That was like nine people. Yeah, it's not good. And it's not like, good at all. This is my thing is like, they were late for uh, like rec league travel basketball game. So they took Kobe Bryant's helicopter and all of them died. Well- it's so, just not worth it. So Kobe Bryant took a helicopter everywhere. That wasn't like, yeah, that was the thing. He's always done that. Yeah, apparently didn't like the traffic in L.A. Well, I mean, it, 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 that's the thing is like, I feel like it's one of those things where you play the system long enough, the system bites back. Yeah. It's like Kobe Bryant takes a helicopter everywhere. Kobe Bryant was going to die in a helicopter accident. Well, they even said, uh, at least I, I don't know if this is true, but Kobe Bryant and his wife like wouldn't fly together in the event that it crashed. Then it's not worth it. <laughs> This is like that. That is it. That is insanity. It is insanity. Yes, I would. I would 100% concur. But even before this, so before this happened, on my flight over to India, which is like the longest flight I've ever taken until I flew back from India, which is longer because of wind, the curvature of the Earth. It takes longer to go east to west than it does west to east. The jet stream, the Gulf Stream, or whatever. I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea. But um, I was thinking on my 12 and a half hour flight over to India, I was like, you know, they always talk about, you know, planes are the safest thing, like whatever, like nobody dies in a plane crash or whatever. But like the more you fly, you're still upping that odd. Yeah, but you drive to work every day. Oh, you don't drive to work every day. But I drive to work every day. I don't get in the car every day like, oh, today's the day. I know for sure, but it definitely started. It, it, it is like when I first started flying places, I was like, ah, no chance I'll ever die in a plane crash. I, I just don't do it enough. But now, but now it's... It's like I've flown pretty frequently in the last year just for various reasons where I'm like, I'm starting to up these numbers a little bit more than I'm comfortable with. Well, it's so- And then literally two days later, like a pr- prominent celebrity dies in an aircraft accident and I was sitting there like, oh God. Oh gosh. Well, on the bright side though, it doesn't really up your chances every time. It like it resets one in a million every time you get on an airplane. It's like flipping a coin. Uh, there's, um, <laughs> there's like- uh, 328 million people in America. So like one in a million, I'm not comfortable with one in a million. <laughs> one in a gazillion odds. Okay. Like they always say like, oh, you're one in a million. It's like, that means there's 328 of me in America. Just here. Just here. Like, you're, would you rather be one in a billion? Then there's like only seven of you on earth. That's the, that's what they're mean by the compliment though. Like, is that you are like you are somebody that is super special, like irreplaceable. But if there's if there's 328 of me banging around the states, like no, I'm not irreplaceable. You can just go find another one. They got a McKroger. Like they don't have a McKroger at that point. There's only like what six point something per state. Probably heavy concentration of U's in in New York and California. Yeah, places with with huge populations. Yeah, <laughs> maybe only one or two Ethans in Montana. <laughs> The Electoral College as represented by Ethan's, <laughs> by clones of me. They're all over the country. They're all over the country. They're spread out. Spread those breadcrumbs. My question is, if we put 328 clones of Ethan on a boat and we sent him through Ellis Island and the immigration system was better than it is, and he just like immigrated to the US and we checked back 20 years later, how many would still be in New York? Here's the real question is how many would have their names spelled right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the assumption is that they all get their name spelled differently. Well, that's the thing is I believe that my last name is the result of like an Ellis Island mix-up. 
oh, I'm sure it was some employee that was like, the first guy wrote it down correctly. Ah, he doesn't need a second E. <laughs> and and then, then everyone, everyone has spelled my name wrong forever. Yes. It's so funny. When we were in college, there was a neighborhood uh, called like Edge Hill Estates. And it was all one word, but it was E-D-G-E-H-I-L-L or something like that. I don't know what Oh, I get... Like Snapchats and, and pictures of people all the time that are like, oh, I'm passing a subdivision named after you all of the time. <laughs> it's like there's one in every town in America. An Edge Hill Suites. Something like that, man. A, a, you know, a, an apartment complex, a subdivision, a street. Uh, a subway, like an underground. Like, yeah, like a subway station. How expensive would it be for us to buy Lots a station on the underground? Of, just, on the London Underground? Just like the naming rights. A lot, I would imagine. I would give them... $250. It's going to be more than that. That's because it's not for advertising. It's just... It doesn't matter. Like, it, 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 that's one of those things where, like, it has to be more than that or everyone would do it. And then you'd be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to f***ing McF***ington Station. Like... <laughs> oh. So, you've been... Uh, watching Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Can you tell me what the murals mean? No. Or is that like... I don't even remember what you're talking about. That's advanced art is what that is. I don't remember what you're talking about. Straight up, I have no idea. Basically, like anywhere they park the car, there's like a giant mural right outside the car. Oh. Ugh, I didn't know if think I noticed that. Oh, they're like... In some places, it's like, oh, that's a mural on a building. And in other places, it's like, that's a giant canvas in his driveway for oh, no yeah, reason. The, the, <laughs> yeah, but that's like, that's that's that would totally be a Rick Dalton thing. Yeah. Oh, Rick Dalton absolutely has giant canvases of himself in his driveway. Yeah, that dude is just the over-the-top star. Yes. No, I have no idea what the murals mean. Uh, I What I love more than anything about this film is all of the mini films they had to film to make this film a film. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, for sure. The, like, random episodes of Rick's TV show and, like- the fort- Fists of McCluskey. Yeah. <laughs> Stuff that people had been in. Yeah. I also, they set it up really well to like show you how much of a badass Brad Pitt is when he throws Bruce Lee into a car and like breaks the car. Yeah. Breaks the car from the Green Hornet. <laughs> is that what that was? Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and whoever they got to play Bruce Lee is just nailed that one. Oh, yeah. My hands. My hands uh, are registered as lethal weapons. I think that lethal weapon thing is just core shirt. <laughs> if you kill Everybody somebody, who I... accidentally kills somebody in a fight goes to jail. It's called, it's called manslaughter. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> oh, Brad Pitt was so good. Yeah, so good. Such a good actor. Man, I watched uh, freaking Ad Astra, the Brad Pitt space movie from last year that everybody raves mm -hmm. about. Mm -hmm. It's garbage. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like it's a non-story like it does not it's all this build-up and then you get to the thing that's supposed to be the thing and i'm like what did you watch once upon a time in hollywood because that was sort of no no no, no 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 this had a story this made sense this logically concluded ad okay. astra was like ad astra is the result of somebody it's a game of telephone for somebody that didn't particularly like interstellar i had a feeling it would be very interstellar-esque is there as many uh, rectangle-shaped robots? Um, no. There are no. There are no funny droids in that movie. See, every space movie needs funny droids. Um, name a good space movie without a funny droid. I bet you can't. Yeah, no. Ad Astra was weird. Dude, I mean, it was like very pretty. 
It was well scored, well mixed, well edited, but it just like, and well acted. I mean, Brad Pitt did a good job. It was just a bad script. I also watched uh, Ford versus Ferrari, which is um, very good. You, I don't think anybody could sit me down and be like, hey, Matt Damon and Christian Bale are in a movie together about one of your favorite stories in the history of something you're interested in. And yeah. you'd be like, oh, I think that's going to suck. You know, it was phenomenal. I've always thought the Ford and Ferrari story was was interesting. It was like so very hard. It's very hard to be like, oh, yeah, this movie full of entirely men that absolutely does not pass the Bechdel test and is about car racing is better than Little Women. But like, it's a very close very close race there. Well, who wins, Ford or Ferrari? That's the question. I'm, I'm, you're just gonna have to see it. Well, I know who wins. That's the story. Yeah, but it was Ferrari's like Ferrari's not the underdog here. I mean, seriously, it was like it was like uh, the the plane. The first plane I was on yesterday, I started watching that movie, and like I landed with 15 minutes left. Oh my gosh. And like I had to get up and get off the plane. And I'm sitting there like, what is gonna happen in this movie? Like I know what happens, but I need them to tell me. I need to see it. Uh, but that what the reason I brought that up is because uh, everything that that cinematographer learned about cinematography, he learned from Interstellar. Like there was equally as many like shots, side of car, side of car shots, it's exactly from, the like shot. a GoPro <laughs> the whole time. Except it's a car, so you can see like in the window better. But it's the same shot as and Interstellar. There's, but there's noise. But there's noise. Yeah, there's. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it throws me off so bad in Interstellar every time I watch that movie. When it's just, it cuts to nothing but score. Yeah. Just like that ridiculous Hans Zimmer score for it. Oh, it's such a good movie. But such yeah. a good score. Oh, it's a phenomenal score. But yeah, it's, 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 the, it's the same shot of like the GoPro through the driver's side window. That's so funny. I need to see that film. There's so many movies that I need to watch. Yes. Did you like, you do. did you like India? Should we save our conversations about India for the, the hash browns? Should we? I feel like we should. I feel like that would we be an can interesting do that. story. We can do that. Yeah. Yeah, no, I used the plane to see a lot of good movies. I saw Midsummer. You saw Midsummer? I did see Midsummer. Was it awesome? It was crazy. <laughs> it's like it's 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 just as nuts as this movie, but like kind of scary. You didn't get scared for even just a moment watching this? No. Yeah, it frustrated me. Towards the end of this bad boy is the the hips I get why, because the hippies were like actually cowards, but the, like the they didn't just pull the trigger or knife the people. Yeah. Well, I mean, but that's the thing. That's the Tarantino false history is like they couldn't just do that because otherwise then it just would have been like a char- a, weir- a really weird Charles Manson biopic <laughs> <laughs> that like included Charles Manson for one minute. And the neighbors who don't actually exist. Right. Yeah. The, the fake neighbors. I thought, <laughs> thought you were trying to tell me Roman Polanski doesn't exist. And I was like definitely does i know roman polanski exists i don't know who roman polanski is he's a director okay is he good yeah (laughs) yeah he's also i believe uh barred from ever entering the united states again is he alive yeah i think so why would he be barred from the united states go on yeah he he did some things i i mean truthfully i don't know anything I, i don't remember exactly what his crimes were but he committed some crimes and then fled the country so so this film references a lot of real films from this era when you were watching this as somebody who's sort of a classic film buff was that like oh my gosh this is awesome or were you like are you really not doing this justice or what what was sort of your reaction there no i thought everything in this movie to to what i know about hollywood at this time it was done absolute justice well it can't be like proper justice i mean it was it was tarantino yeah, you can't but I mean, just I think break it was, the it car was all from the Well, yeah. So what? What is Brad Pitt's role? Because he's obviously not the stunt double anymore, and and he killed his wife in what was an excellent scene. An excellent scene. <laughs> 
With like the crossbow, right? It's a harpoon. Harpoon, yeah. Yeah. He, oh, he's the stunt double though. But he's not the stunt double. He like he never gets gigs. He just shows up with Well, yeah, DiCaprio pays him to be his sort of like bodyguard and driver. Bodyguard and stuff. driver friend, you know. He's he's part of the entourage. Yeah. He's what is the guy's name from Entourage? Turtle? Yeah, sure. <laughs> I've never watched Entourage. Oh man. Mandy Moore. I know that I, I know little even after seeing the uh Entourage movie, I know little enough about Entourage that I still don't know whether or not I'm supposed to be offended about about the time that somebody told me they remind or that I reminded them of Ari Gold. Uh, I don't think you want to be Ari Gold. I don't think so either, but, but I do don't you? know <laughs> because I haven't seen any of it. Well, I've only seen probably half of the first season, so I don't really know what I'm talking about. But but yeah, I don't know anybody's name except Ari Gold. I think the the chubbier uh, Entourage member's name is Turtle. There's also a character in Entourage who plays, I think, the brother. And like he plays this like nobody actor. And as a result of playing that role so well, he is like this nobody actor that like nobody will hire. Right. <laughs> it happens. <laughs> it happens. But yeah, so Brad Pitt is like the, he's the, you know, he's the guy. He's just his guy. And then DiCaprio can't afford to pay him anymore after that because he married an Italian woman and didn't make any money doing those Italian movies. That sucks. Doing the spaghetti westerns. He didn't, he didn't not make any money. He like, he, he, uh, re like revitalized his career. Who's he yeah. supposed to be? Um, I don't know exactly. He's a little, I mean, I guess he, he obviously goes over to the, to, uh, Italy and stars in like a dozen of these westerns. So he's sort of Clint Eastwood? I felt like that's who he was supposed to be. Was yeah, he was he's sort of Clint be... Eastwood, but I don't know that Clint Eastwood was on TV. But I might be wrong about that. I don't know a whole lot about Clint Eastwood prior to, like, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. I don't know anything about Westerns. You know what I do want, though? I was thinking about, ever since I watched this movie, uh, Rick Dalton reads those, like, page-turner serial novels that were mm. so popular in the era. After, okay, Clint Eastwood is American actor, filmmaker, musician, and politician. Musician? Neat? Don't know about all that. After achieving success in the Western TV series Rawhide, he rose to international fame with his role as the man with no name in Italian filmmaker Sergio Leone's Dollars Trilogy. So yeah, he's Clint Eastwood. Okay. He's 100p Clint Eastwood. Yeah, that, that's his job. Yeah, that's that's who he is supposed to be. Uh, what was I just saying? I don't know. I interrupted you, and that's my fault. But I did find out that he is supposed to be Clint Eastwood. But he's Rick Dalton. Rick Dalton. He was Caleb somebody on some TV show, uh, a Western TV show. Oh, I was saying, you know how he's always reading these serial novels. I guess there's the one scene where he's reading it and he gets like all choked up about it because it ends up being like such a reflection of his life. Yeah. What happened to that genre, the mass market paperback serial novel that you can like knock out in an afternoon? Does that still exist? And I just don't know where to find it. I'm sure it does. Or are they just like, there's so I mean, like, many... I would argue that like, that's what, uh, I guess they're not mass marketing anymore. I think we just kind of, I mean, maybe they are. I think we just kind of respect authors more these days. Yeah, that might be it. But like, I would say that like, that's what James Patterson does. He puts out a book like every six months about Alex Cross, the cop. That's true. But they're not like, I feel like you can't knock out those. I, I, every time I look at one of those books and maybe I'm just mistaken, they appear to be like very long. Yeah. I mean, I think that they just wrote, there was a lot of like garbage books back then. Literally, that's what Pulp Fiction refers to. Is that what, is that what that is? Yeah. It was, it was shirt books printed on shirt paper. Yeah. That's what I want. I want shirt books on shirt paper. I think we just stopped doing that. I think they made enough of them that made like dollars each. They were just like, this isn't worth it anymore. Nobody reads books. That's true. People read books way more now than they used to. But yeah, I think we reached a point probably in the in the 90s and early 2000s where people were like, books are stupid. I don't think we did. I think we did. We did. I think everybody started reading the same books as everybody else. I, so yeah, like what fascinates me about books is how few copies of a book 
are required to sell for it to be considered like but also, successful. I think those like I think those genres change because like there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of like fantasy books that no one reads per made every year. My question with those fantasy books that nobody reads is is nobody reading them because having an author who can dream up this immense lore not that uncommon, but it's also like knowing this intense lore doesn't mean you write a good book about it. Yeah, that's that's the one. Okay, so it's not world that... building. World building and storytelling are not the same thing, and you have the occasional ones that can get them right, both right, right. Like so, it's not Tolkien and Martin and you know and these guys. J.K. Good old J.K. Well, I don't know if we call her good anymore. I'm I... just just I'm just quoting Doctor Who, quoting quoting ten. Uh, I just feel like, because I would love to be able to walk, I think you're exactly right with the fantasy thing. I would love to be able to walk into the fantasy section of Barnes and Noble and be like, I'm going to read this book. But my fear, and this is what happened, uh, are you familiar with the Nick Cannon sort of Pulp Fiction series? Not Nick Cannon, the actor. No. Or maybe it's Nick Carter. Maybe it's Aaron Carter. It's, it, it's the name of some pop maybe star. Maybe it's Aaron Carter. It, well, it was the name of some pop star, but prior to that, it was like this Pulp Fiction character. The I read one of those books on the like beach at the lake one summer because we have like just a ton of them on this bookshelf at the lake house in Vermont. And I pick up the book and I read it. And my issue with it was that like, I actually, I mean, I found it pretty easy to turn the page. It was, it kept me engaged. All books like this have deep, not deep, like profound, deep, like raunchy, passionate romance scenes. Yeah. That's the thing is like, you can read I mean, you can go and buy hundreds and hundreds of thousands of bad romance books. Yes. Romance is a genre that has this. And that's my problem. Like is... when Fifty Shades of Grey became popular, everybody was like, this is not new. Right. This one just made it. Oh, yeah. But, there's... Like, but like, here's my thing is like, I, I think that we just, we respect, uh, go ahead and continue what you're saying. I got, I got a point to bring up in a minute. Okay. I'll, also, Sam was like, I, I would love to be able to buy these books and sit down and read them. But I also feel like I don't care for these scenes. They add nothing to the story for me. And I'm very interested in like, you know, the, the secret agent goes and does this thing and it's accessible and it keeps you engaged and turning the page. Uh, but then there's always that, that awful passionate romance scene that makes it weird and uncomfortable to be reading like right next to your grandmother knitting. I don't know. It just feels weird. So like, here's my thing is I think we just started, I think that more authors became known for their names. It's like Robert Ludlum is the guy that wrote the Jason Bourne books. Yes. Okay. Now he wrote. The Born Identity and The Born Supremacy and The Born Ultimatum, which got made into movies. Yes. He also wrote 57 other books. That's a lot. 57 other books. To, to, to be fair, 16 of those are Jason Bourne books. But like you have because I read one of these the time that you, that I went with your family to the to the beach over the summer. I read like the Sigma Protocol or something. Was it awesome? Which was a, it, it was terrible. It was like it was an adult spy novel. That wasn't part of a series. Now, like, I like some of those. I specifically like the Dan Brown books, like the Da Vinci Code books, that whole series. I dig. But again, Dan Brown has like 20 other books I haven't read. Can I? Okay. That are just unrelated. I don't know how to explain this to you. There are 263 Nick Carter books. No, for sure. <laughs> it still happens. <laughs> like all about this same character. Then you know what? I couldn't even begin to tell you which one I read. That's what I'm saying. It's like people are just writing a bunch of these books and like, but now they're named authors. Yeah. Well, what was interesting about this is this is kind of like the Star Wars thing where there are, at least on this list, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven different authors who all wrote about, no, I'm sorry, nine different authors who all wrote about the same character. Right. And the Star Wars books are notoriously just like 85% garbage. Yeah. I, I, 
I was very excited when when they were made non-canon. When they deleted the canon? Yeah, me too. Because I read like I read probably thirty of them. And I don't remember a single word of any of them. Yeah, I I don't either. I because be- I would just go I would go check out a random Star Wars book from my elementary school library. But are those the page turners of yesteryear that I'm missing? Should I start reading those? I, I want mindless No, fiction. I seriously think that sometime in the 90s, we all started reading the same books. Well, I, you see, you think it came down to like good old JK? Yeah, yeah, I really do. I mean, how many books do you read per year? Less than 10. Yeah, but I can say that's, that's the thing is like, I could confidently tell you like, even with audiobooks, the books that I've listened to in the past five years have pretty much all been books that people recommended to me. Yes. And a lot of them I've read because like, oh, somebody's making a movie out of this. Yes. It's like, I think the world just got higher standards for books. I think that's true as well. I think also young adult fiction just means that it's a page turner that doesn't have that uncomfortable romance scene. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. Like, in, in not, most of what is in the young adult fiction category at Barnes & Noble is not John Green books. <laughs> Although there is that, there's a lot of uncomfortable scenes in the Simon book. and Those are a lot of, there's, th- that's the thing is like, I, I, I disagree with you about there's not uncomfortable sex scenes in... Uh, young adult novels. I would argue that there are more uncomfortable sex scenes in <laughs> young adult novels. Is it because of the age of the characters? Because that throws me off. It's because of the age of the characters, yeah. It throws me Mostly. off so bad. Yeah. Because it's like, I'm a 26-year-old man who kind of likes reading young adult books, and then I get to one of those scenes, and I'm like, I shouldn't be allowed to read this. This is this is criminal. Like, this is weird, yeah. But don't ban and the I get books. The, like, I don't you know, suggest and that. The whole, the whole author thing is like, write about sex, because sex is a real thing that happens. And I'm just like, please don't. As a guy that just wants to read books about people, right. please don't. Right. You can, you can do the same thing the movies do, and then they shut. I don't want to read. That's the thing is, I don't want to read about anybody having sex. Right. I, I'll, I, you, could, you could leave it at, and they went upstairs. Chapter seven. <laughs> I think I read a book one time, a, a young adult novel, that like basically just like faded out and was like, sex is great. And that was it. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, thank you, book. I know. I remember I was in elementary school when somebody handed me a copy of, at that time, the most recent Harry Potter book. And like the last chapter, the last paragraph of the chapter, I think there is like a real chance that this person like printed this on like their own paper and placed it in the book was like an extremely detailed and uncomfortable scene between Harry and Ginny. And like every time I read the books, I'm like, okay, the end of the chapter. I wonder if this is where that person found that from. I have no idea what book it was in. I have no idea. (laughs) Like what chapter it was. J.K. Rowling managed to make all of that not awkward by inventing, I think, inventing the word snogging. (laughs) (laughs) I think that made it more awkward. I think it did. Yeah. I mean, there was def- there's definitely nobody who knows how to handle young adults having sex worse than J.K. Rowling. <laughs> it just doesn't happen at Hogwarts. Yeah, she was just like, nope, not happening. Not at Hogwarts. The the stairs will turn into a slide. And that's fine. And I get it because like the whole idea of like, because it's it's easy when you have like a young adult novel about a 17 year old who started the book being 17 and ends the book being 17. Then it is like when you start the series with a kid who is 11 and a child. Yeah, like a proper kid. Um, but yeah, I definitely was reading Simon vs. the Hope of Sapiens Agenda, and I was like, this is unnecessarily graphic. This can still be gay and important without this scene. <laughs> <laughs> That's the, yeah, I, we, this is a very long, weird tangent for our uh, weirdly sexless Tarantino movie. Yeah, there's no sex at all. Yeah. No nudity, no nothing. There's a very great scene where Brad Pitt is like, yeah, you're not 18. That's not going to happen. Yeah, it's a good scene. Yeah, and he's just flat out like, nope. I'm not going to jail for that. I've been avoided it my whole life. <laughs> After he killed his wife. 
You know who's my favorite character in this movie? Hoops. The little girl. The little girl's like, oh, no, it's cool. I'm wearing pads. The, like, child actor who just gets it. Yes. Who's like, like rips, rips DiCaprio apart. Do you think that's what he's like on set? DiCaprio? Yeah, what do you think he's like on set? I think he's very strange. I, he's a very strange guy. But he's super intense. Yeah, I bet he's really method about it. I read a, a, a thing, like a freaking like Hustler article or something recently about a, a random girl so that went home minute. with back Leonardo it up, DiCaprio. Back it up. You don't need sex in your books, but you read a Hustler article recently. I mean, it's just like a Facebook <laughs> thing. It was like it was like a, 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 a clickbait article that was like, I had Leonardo, sex with Leonardo DiCaprio, and it was weird. <laughs> <laughs> and apparently he just like wore his airpods the whole time on set no while he was having sex with this woman oh well you sometimes you gotta listen to some tunes <laughs> the new taylor swift album I, just what yeah that's that's my thing is i can only imagine <laughs> what he was listening to that he didn't feel comfortable putting on the speakers <laughs> it's gotta be like it's gotta be like the joe rogan experience or something. <laughs> <laughs> leonardo DiCaprio, <laughs> joe rogan it can't be While Taylor Swift. Intimate. Like, there's no way. <laughs> Prophecy never find another like me. But no, I think that he's very. I think that he's very strange and weird on set. And I think Brad Pitt is very the opposite. You think Brad Pitt is as casual as casual can be? I think Brad Pitt probably just slides into character. I don't know. He's he's got some some range, more range than I think people give him credit for. No, I'm not saying he doesn't have range, but I can see him like snapping out of Tyler Durden immediately. Oh, I don't know. That's a set. I don't know if I could be on. I feel like when they shoot the Oceans movies, they're like, all right, guys, just... Uh... Well, Brad Pitt is not playing a character in the Oceans movies. No, he's playing Brad Pitt, friend of George Clooney. Yeah. <laughs> you think we need He barely talks. <laughs> Most of his acting in that movie is done through sunglasses by nodding. Like... <laughs> And whatever you do, under any circumstances, do not. Rusty, yeah. Yeah. Come here. It's, it's him and Clooney finishing each, finishing each other's sentences. Uh, God, you know, speaking of Clooney, I'm glad we got on this topic. I've been thinking about this movie this whole time. You know what movie is so good? Hail Caesar. <laughs> oh, what a missed opportunity early in this show for me to talk about this movie. Up in the air. Who talking about oh, planes? Who talking about Hail Caesar? And it took oceans to get me all the way back to Up in the Air. Up in the Air is a great movie. Very, like, Oscar- Oscar contender. For sure. I think it, yeah, it, it, it was nominated for Best Picture. Wild. Do you know how many movies look it's, like up in the air that don't get nominated? A gajillion. Yeah, but very few of those movies are made by Jason Reitman. Did Ghostbusters get nominated for Best Picture? That's Ivan Reitman, okay. Jason Reitman's dad. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, but Jason Reitman made like Up in the Air and Thank You for Smoking and Juno. Oh, Juno. He oh. makes good movies. Yeah. He's like he's like mainstream Wes Anderson. Yeah. You remember when Juno came out when we were in high school and like immediately it was like, how do we tell hipsters from non-hipsters? And it was their opinion on Juno. Yeah. I still love that movie. Who doesn't love Juno? I cannot imagine a sane adult who was a teenager when that movie came out being like, yeah, this movie sucks. This movie's awesome. No, I'm sure there were... There were many people. Like, I can imagine, like, like if you're a jock, you don't like Juno. You don't think there's some cinephile jocks out like, there? I'm not going to, I mean, I'm sure there are, but I, and I, I'm not going to leave a name drop in here, but there's no way to like, like Nick O'Keefe liked <laughs> Juno. <laughs> Oh man, he There's might. No way that dude watched that movie and was like, "I got something out of this." I loved it. Yeah, I loved it. It was great. You think Chris liked Juno? No. <laughs> we should, no, have, a, I we should don't. have a friends movie night where I'll sit down and watch Juno. I don't. Then we take a seen poll Juno afterwards. In a long time. I was in high school last I saw Juno. Oh no, I've seen it since then for sure. Mm -mm. I know that. Uh, I I pull out, I whip out random Juno quotes all the time without even realizing it. 
I think it's just a, 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 a symptom of a love for Michael Sarah that we all have that we're not ready to talk about. Oh, for sure. I know that nobody's hairstyle has ever worked as well for them as whatever whatever Ellen Page did in Juno. You don't think nobody's hairstyle has ever worked that well? I mean, not nobody ever, but it was a good one. Ethan, I want you to know I've been drinking Mickey's Wide Mouth. Uh, Why? <laughs> you know what's crazy is because you were in India and I was, I know that I've never in my life seen you drink a Mickey's, but you were in India and I was like, Ethan loves Mickey's. And so I bought it. <laughs> <laughs> what makes me so happy because you were in India drinking worse beer than me. <laughs> and I was drinking the worst beer I've ever had. You never had a Mickey's? No, I've had Mickey's, but like, I, bro, let me tell you, Indian beer sucks <laughs> so much. They don't just have they, like British beer. I guess it doesn't work the other way they around, have this country. They have this company called Kingfisher, right? And Kingfisher is literally just great value beer. They have like one that looks like Bud Light and one that looks like Bud Light Platinum and one that looks like Heineken and one that looks like regular Budweiser and one that looks like Newcastle and they all taste different. They're just like rip off beers. <laughs> they're, like a, they're like a beer cover band. <laughs> Was it good? No, it sucks. It's so bad. <laughs> I drank the Kingfisher Storm a lot, which was the Bud Light Platinum version, except it was terrible and it was 8%. Hey, that's it's got something going for it. It's got something going for it. It was also, I think, like 85 rupees a bottle. And let me tell you, 71 rupees is a dollar. So it was like a dollar oh five for a bottle of Kingfisher. For a, for a Magnum. For like a like a like a 20 ounce bottle. Wait, it cost how much for a 20 ounce bottle? Like a dollar oh five. Oh man. For a Magnum. You know, my favorite flavor of beer is free. So it sounds like my they favorite, were... <laughs> my fa my, here's the problem. There's no refrigeration of like anything in India. <laughs> So I was drinking, I was drinking warm 8% beer. Oh my God, they have so many premium, strong, strong, fresh, draft, ultra blue, lo red, lager, storm. Storm, that's what I was drinking, man, storm. That looks, I like their logo though. The Kingfisher's a cool bird. Kingfisher's a cool bird. Are Kingfishers from India? No, they can't possibly be. I don't think so. That's an American bird. It, I don't think it is. No, Africa, Asia, and Oceania. Oh, they're cool birds. Is this they're the divey? Birds. Wait a minute. Are we back to bacon and eggs and ornithological podcast? Yeah. Kingfishers are cool birds, man. Ornithological means study of birds, right? I believe so. Yeah. There's <laughs> the guy that got the picture of the Kingfisher exactly as it was diving into the water. It took him like six years. I just dropped it in the Skype chat. Maybe. Oh, ornithology is the study of birds. I don't want to brag. I'm a genius. Would you read? Oh, I've seen this photo. This is an yeah. awesome photo. Yeah. Yeah. I would I would get that framed. We need more kingfishers in our lives. Yeah, it's too bad I don't live where they have them, or I would go take a photo of one. Oh, going to Africa. Let, although, let me tell you, let me tell you, there ain't nothing harder than bird photos. Nothing? Nah, I have yet to get a... I've seen some cool birds when I've been out photographing, and I have yet to get a single bird photo that I would want to post anywhere. Well, sounds like you got a new challenge. We're going to Africa. Sounds like I got a new challenge. I think I need a bigger lens. You probably do. I don't think any yeah. camera you own is going to get the shot I'm about to send you. This Welcome to Ornithological Podcasting with Tyler and Ethan, where we discuss a shot you can't see. <laughs> we are talking about pictures of birds that you can't see. Oh, man, I definitely have a camera that could get that shot. I don't have a lens that could get that shot. Yeah, that's what I said. Unless I got very close to it. Where can I buy... Okay, I was looking back in our Skype chat. Uh, this is a callback to people who have been listening to the show for a while. Where can I get this Kiwi statue? I, I don't. I would assume that you found the, the, the Etsy link when you looked it up. I might have. Let's see if I can just paste the photo into a Google search. 
What does a Kingfisher sound like? Belted Kingfisher sound. That's a different Kingfisher. It's that belt. The belted Kingfisher sounds like a rattlesnake. Really? It's like. Need more loon sounds, Ethan. The the regular Kingfisher squeaks. So okay. Not any specific, particularly great bird sounds from this episode. No, are you, are you putting the bird sounds in? I mean, if it was a sick bird sound, I might have. It is from Crate and Barrel, Ethan. If the Kingfisher was like, squawk, then I probably would have. <laughs> this little tiny, like, three ounce bird, squawk. <laughs> it wouldn't make me so great, though. <laughs> if you just, like, you looked at a tree and it just looked back at you and it was just like, squawk. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, update on the Kiwi. You can buy one right. for $32.95 <laughs> or two for $65.90, which is the same price. <laughs> so, Got a real deal there. There's no deal for getting a set of two. Uh, what I love about it is, is that it serves no function whatsoever. I suppose you could put some books up next to it, but there was, I, I don't there know was that something it's heavy I enough saw. to hold them. There was something I saw being sold in India. I don't remember what it was, but it was two for 60 rupees and three for a hundred, <laughs> which is not a deal. It's not a deal. There's a, have you ever watched Viva La Dirt League? No. I don't know what that is. Uh, it, there's this, uh, they make sketch videos and they're from New Zealand and uh, they just like show up on my Facebook all the time. So eventually I was like, oh, these guys are really funny. So I liked their Facebook page, but I think they're, they're, they want me to subscribe to them on YouTube is their goal. Anyway, uh, they have one. They're YouTubers who want you to subscribe to them on YouTube. Imagine that. But they, but they upload their videos to Facebook and you can watch everything on Facebook. Anyway, they have one where they have like a deal running where it's like buy one USB stick for $20, get two for 50. And they're like, yeah, it's a deal for the store. We make an additional $10. That's great. <laughs> At least they're honest about it. Well, I mean, it's like a whole sketch, and you know, like the customer gets mad because they're like, "That's not a deal at all." Oh, gotcha. Uh, but it's it's really funny. Um, oh, speaking of uh, you, you you talking about tchotchkes made me think of this. The uh, Pier One in Roanoke is closing, so go over there and get your tchotchkes. Do they have kiwis? I, you know, I have no idea. I've never been in a Pier One. I assumed that you would know what Pier One sold when I told you that. I. <laughs> But I believe that they sell tchotchkes. I believe Pier One sells tchotchkes. It's like a, it's like a home goods for like people who can afford. I believe what, it's like Crate and Barrel, but with a different name. Yeah, for people who can afford like expensive tchotchkes. I, I I guarantee you that if you here's my thing about Crate and Barrel. Okay, here's the problem I have with Crate and Barrel. I guarantee you if you walk into a Crate and Barrel and ask them to buy either a crate or a barrel, they will get mad at you. I bet they have crates and barrels. I don't. I doubt it. I sincerely doubt it. Okay, it's not like these other stores sell their title. If you go into a Macy's and ask to buy Macy, they're going to be like, wow, that's super No, but it's like you sell decorations, but I guarantee you they don't sell decorative crates or barrels. Well, let's find out. I'm on their website as we speak. Ha -ha. It's like you, if you walk in, you're like, oh, can I get some <laughs> cool barrels? They're going to be like, uh, we don't, it's just the name. We don't sell barrels. It's true. They don't sell barrels. But if you go on Crate and Barrel and search barrel, the fourth result is our Kiwi bird. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they do not sell barrels. You cannot buy. It's the problem is it's just a kiwi bird that sits and looks sad. <laughs> you can stand it up so it looks like it's like getting something off the ground. Can you? There's no way that stands. You can look. At, no way. You can look at the listing. They have it standing on the there's listing. No way that stands in real life. Uh, the only way I'd buy that kiwi bird is if it was made by a New Zealander in front of me. Right. <laughs> Somebody carving a bird right before my eyes. Uh. Okay. Okay. So. Okay, so barrels are out. What about crates? What about crates? 
I Google, I searched crates. I'm going to just try crate. Oh, they do sell crates. Do they? They do. Very cool crates, actually. Crates I would recommend. Uh, Pier 1 does not sell crates. Well, I'm not on Pier 1. I'm on Crate and Barrel. I know. I'm just letting you know. I mean, Pier 1 certainly does not sell piers. <laughs> <laughs> I just want one. Oh, oh wait. Wait, oh, here's the trick. Pier 1 does not sell crates. They do sell a barrel. Oh, so now we found our way to a crate and barrel. Wine barrel utensil holder. Okay, while you Google, how, I need how, to, uh, I will be right back, okay? How big is this? How big is this crate or this barrel? 5.7 inches? You could hardly hold. That's not a barrel. Ethan, I brought you podcast baby. What's that? I brought you a podcast baby. Ooh, look at that. Hi, Olivia. She can't hear me, but. Okay, hi. She's getting so big. <laughs> Pizza high? No, you can't say anything at all. Can she talk yet? I want to tell you about this crate and barrel. No, this Pier One barrel. <laughs> I love because how we're still is... on this. Oh, we're still on this. Uh, first, first starters. It's made of mango wood, which is just not what you would ever make wine in, ever. And it is also five point seven five inches wide. Wait, that's tiny. Which is not a barrel. That's so small. That's a cup. That is so tiny. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a utensil holder. I don't know what I expected, but like, here's so here's my thing with barrels. Here's my thing with barrels. Barrels are cool looking, right? It's like a rustic, like, it's like a shiplap way to decorate your house or whatever. But like, I feel weird having fake barrels in my house that were never used for anything. But also like proper wine barrels are like chair sized. And stinky. What? Because they had wine in them. And now they don't. Well, they don't have one them anymore. I know. That's what makes them stinky. What do you think of these crates that Crate and Barrel sells? Um, I hate them. Oh, you do? I love them. I would never put this in my home. $28. $28. It looks like, it looks like bad Ikea furniture. I believe that is. Made into a box. Believe. It looks like it's made of cardboard. It might be. It might be, Ethan. Oh my God. They sell like furniture at Brayton Carroll. <gasps> Brayton Carroll. Oh my gosh. Who's Carroll? Who's Bright? <laughs> Who looks at their baby boy and or girl, I don't know, and says, your name is Bright. I think Bright is a name that you choose. Uh, oh, let's not talk about people that aren't allowed to choose their names, Tyler. What? I don't think that's real. We know that from our co our our, our WBD co-host Hoko's Mary Clay. Oh yes, <laughs> who refuses to believe that she could just change her name at twenty five years old? I changed my name. We've had this conversation before. Yeah, they have a whole category here at Brayton Carroll for coffee makers. Uh, th this crate is definitely not made of cardboard because it can hold sixty pounds. <laughs> Holy crap! <laughs> I've I have a newfound respect respect respect, respect for this Brayton, Brayton Carroll, Carroll crate. crate. Oh man, look at this. I've never been in a crate and barrel in my life. I, it looks so. like somewhere I want to go. Look at this pour over coffee maker. Uh it's just just exquisite sort of crafts maybe not craftsmanship, but uh design goes into this bad boy. We have one of those um whatever they're called at my house. My mom has one. Oh yeah. The, the thing yeah, no, with I'm, the Chemex yeah, I'm aware. thing. Yeah. And it's just full of seashells. I don't know what a Kinex thing is. What? What is a Kinex thing? You just said you didn't know what it was. You just said you knew what it yeah, was. Yeah, because you were being extremely vague. I was I was kidding. Obviously, I don't know what you're talking about. Well, you didn't even <laughs> let me finish. <laughs> the, the the thing that is on the pour over coffee maker, like the, the thing with the wood around it, the glass thing. Oh, it's oh. Chemex. Is that what that's called? Yeah. Neat. And you have one full of seashells? And we have one. And you, yeah, you can just put a coffee, you can put a coffee filter in it and just 
pour, put coffee grounds in it and make coffee. But like, it's just full of seashells. So you could... <laughs> it does, does absolutely no one any good. You could solve this problem by putting... Uh, yeah, I could, but like, it's not mine. That's true. It would belong to your mother. Like, I think it, it, think it predates me in this home. <laughs> Ethan, do you know what product always costs more than I expect? Coffee. No, I'm a chock full of nuts guy now. Mm, you're incorrect. Mm-mm, mm-mm. If I'm going to buy cheap coffee in a big yellow can, it's going to be Cafe Bustello. Okay. I mean, I just want lots and lots of coffee for less. Yeah, but it's the same price as chock full of nuts and it's better and tastes like coffee instead of poop. No, they all taste better than Folgers and Maxwell House, which just taste like what I imagine used cigarettes taste like. Yeah. <laughs> It tastes like McCafe coffee. Oh, God. I watched Chris Millahan just throw back a McDonald's black coffee one time, and I was like, why are you doing that? And he goes, I just need the coffee. And I'm like, just get it in a way that doesn't suck. You never had a McDonald's black coffee? It's the worst. It's awful, but it's like, you never you never pounded one just because? No. Oh, I've done it. Why? I need the coffee. <laughs> just get it with, like, put a sugar in it. So I'm, I'm of the, my coffee, a lot of people know this, I'm either black as night or like two creams two sugars i love myself when i say sugar i mean sweet and low to the freaking max make this taste like a gosh darn dr pepper all right just gonna write a note in my phone dr pepper coffee creamer <laughs> million dollar idea <laughs> calling international delight tomorrow <laughs> got it you think internet i think coffee mate will take that deal i would not call i respect myself i would not call coffee mate Oh, I'm a French vanilla coffee mate guy. I'm an international delight guy through and through. No, no. International delight is too light. International. F- no, it's from not. Light. International. First of all, international delight makes the Cold Stone flavor. We've been over this. Oh, yeah. You. you <laughs> if it's not. I don't know what it is. This is like the first cup of coffee I ever had. And it's like what I'm seeking every time I drink a cup of coffee. Anyway, the product I'm always trying to buy that is way more expensive than I expect is rugs. Rugs are expensive. That's on that like the current like Twitter joke list of like things you need to know as an adult is like rugs are expensive. (laughs) They're so expensive. Why are they? You need a high. See, the thing is, it needs to be high quality because you walk around on it. Yeah. Like you invest in things that go between your feet and the floor. So rugs, tires, shoes, mattress. Uh, but they're so expensive. I'm looking at this rug right now, $1,400. Yeah. Well, the thing is, and here's the thing is like you buy a rug and you put it on the floor and if you don't move out of your house, it's there until you die. (laughs) My issue with rugs is like, what are you going to do? Are you going to pull that rug out from under all of your furniture? I mean, I've done that a few times. We replace rugs pretty regularly in my house because we end up buying cheap rugs because I don't believe, I never know if I'm spending $1,200 on a rug, am I spending money on a brand name that is actually low quality or am I spending money? on a genuine quality rug. And the like the research required to go into this is more than I'm Man, willing if to you, do. Man, if you sold furniture and you don't know That's this- That's the problem, is I sold furniture and I don't know this. God, man, I was counting on you to know this thing. <laughs> If you buy your rug at a proper furniture store, like a, not an Ashley, like a real furniture store, you're probably fine. Yeah. But if you get your rug from Lowe's or TJ Maxx, it's not a real rug. Now, that being said, the two rugs in my house are from Lowe's and TJ Maxx. So what do I know? I don't know. I'm about to have to furnish an apartment. I got some rugs that have probably a lot of dog pee on them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll straight up tell you I'm not taking your used rug. <laughs> I know a guy who can get you a rug for just twelve hundred bucks. Uh twelve hundred bucks is a lot of money for a rug. <laughs> no, it's not. That's the thing. <laughs> Yeah, I know, but like it's not, but I also don't have $1,200 to spend on a rug. $1,200 to spend on something I walk around on. I also, truth truth be told, I looked at the apartment I'm going to live in for about four minutes. I'm so proud of you. I have no idea what my floors are made of. (laughs) 
So who knows? Maybe- it might have carpet. I don't know. In any, with any sort of luck, the world would be carpeted. I think it's hardwood. I'm team carpet. Yeah. <laughs> hardwood is a scam by rug salesmen. <laughs> 100%. You know what smacks? Carpet. Yeah, it's... Putting your feet on soft stuff. Soft stuff that's not cold in the cold. Man, I had uh the, the apartment, the second apartment I lived in Newport News, the one I lived in after we moved out of port, had like thick, like not shag, but like thick carpeting. And it was dope, but it was impossible to vacuum. Oh yeah, that's the problem is that carpet is the most disgusting, vile creation on earth. It was impossible, but it was so nice. It was brand new when I got in there too. It was sick, but it was very like thick carpeting and it was just deluxe, man. It was deluxe. With the exception of the kitchen, it was everywhere but it, well, and the bathrooms. Well, we are we are about wrap a clock on this uh, Oh God. this fine episode of Bacon and Eggs. I'm sorry, Quentin. Of Movie Lovers Podcast. I'm excited we did a Tarantino film because, you know, to those fans of ours who were like, man, you guys should really venture into the R rating more often. You're welcome. Uh, and to those fans of ours- We talked about we talked about sex in young adult novels <laughs> is exactly what we did. We did. Uh, we didn't talk about drugs or politics. The dog eats those people. I thought that was awesome. Uh, e- yes, my apartment is made of wood. There's cool. no way your apartment in historic downtown was carpeted. I don't know. It was either concrete or I just wood. didn't know. Like, I didn't know. It wasn't a thing that, like, reached into my mind when I was in there. What if there were cups all over the coffee table when you were touring? It, there might have been. <laughs> it was It was a furnace. Like, there was a person living there. Oh, it was a joke because you can't see cups. I mean, I know, but, like, there could have been. <laughs> Wow, wow, wow. Okay, wow, wow, I already wow, have wow, a crate wow. barrel ad. Cool, cool phone. Oh, am I going to get crate and barrel ads? Are they going to be like, hey, you- I've already got one. I've got one for, uh, actually, this stuff is pretty cool. It's like a whole matching kitchen set that's all like matte black. Oh, that is pretty cool. It's like it, it's like everything looks like cast iron, but it's like a, a stand mixer and like a coffee maker all matches. But here's the thing. Here's the thing that with this crate and barrel ad, it's one of those like push through ads. It's like download the crate and barrel app. It does not take me to sick matte black kitchen set. It takes me to iTunes store. <laughs> I hate these ads so much. My concern for you, Ethan, is that you want matte black kitchen set, but what does your new roommate want? I don't know. I mean, I wasn't going to just buy it. It just looks sick. <laughs> Curious about the price on matte black kitchen set. Also, my girlfriend just texted me and said that her grandmother bought us a KitchenAid mixer. So I don't know what color it is yet, but that's going to be the new color. I'm finding a matte black kitchen set. Oh, everything looks cast Which- iron. Very cool. Yeah, it it looks very cool. You can get a KitchenAid artisan matte black stand mixer. I'm sure you can, but I don't I'm I don't know what color our stand mixer is. Um I have no idea. All I know is there's only two options for non no, three options for non like knives and KitchenAid mixers, and they're just like pie trays and they're fifty dollars for a set of two. Oh yeah, I mean I can't there's no way I can afford anything from Crate and Barrel. Is Crate and Barrel nice? I thought that was I think you're thinking of uh pottery barn. I think Crate and Barrel's nice. I think they were selling freaking like cube organizers for forty dollars. That's true. Like just the cube part, <laughs> not the not the box. Not, yeah, the cube part. <laughs> all the all the cube organizers in my house were forty dollars for the the whole grid, the whole set, the <laughs> whole thing. I got them at Walmart. <laughs> There's nothing in the world that is more useful and tackier than cube organizers. I love my cube organizers. I see no tack. Oh, they're tacky. You don't like my cube organizers? Okay, I get it. It's cool. I had two sets of them. I was going to see if you wanted, but now I don't know. No, I mean I I will take them gladly. 
but there's still it just it just screams like I can't afford furniture. <laughs> but it's so true. I can't. I know. It's like there. I this is replacing a set of, a piece of furniture that has a name. Yes, like a Chesterfield or a you know Chippendale. Chippendale could refer to a chest of drawers or an exotic male dancer or a chipmunk. Yeah. Anyway, let's wrap this piece. You know, it's weird. I feel like none of those three things refer to what Chippendale originally referred to. And I don't know what the answer to that is. I'm sure it was a piece of furniture made by James Q. Chippendale. <laughs> um, yeah, let's wrap this bad boy up. Uh, I've got a big board here. I think you'd be pleased with where we put Tarzan. Um, drive is out of date. No, I don't think so. That doesn't sound real. <laughs> so what's the, what's the ranking so far? Um, this is the wrong drive. Don't you just hate that? Uh, Tarzan and its sequels are number one. No, I'm kidding. Uh, Tarzan came after, um, well, it was on here. I don't know where it is. It made sense. It was after Coco. Uh, I think it was after 10 Things I Hate About You before Jumanji. I don't know. I think this is going to be above all of those. Did you like this better than Little Women? No. Frozen 2? Yes. Okay. Uh, that's exactly where I thought yeah. it was going to go. <laughs> yeah. Um, once. It didn't leave me feeling it warm and fuzzy the way that Little Women did. Not that that's a requirement, but just like it didn't leave me with any feeling like that. I want to see Little Women again. <laughs> I do too. I want to see this again, though. Uh, and if this movie was a breakfast food, I feel like it would be jarred or canned. It'd be like spam. <laughs> Rat flavored dog food. <laughs> I think it would be like spam on a Pillsbury biscuit. With somebody ashed a cigarette in it. <laughs> ashed a cigarette in your coffee, but you can't tell because it's Folgers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this was a movie, man. It was really a movie. I think this might set a record for the least we've talked about a movie. Oh, no. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Toy Story. That's still Toy Story 2? Yeah. Toy Story 2 and 3 were like, <laughs> there was no discussion of such a film. Yeah, it was like, let's do an intro. Now we're doing the conversation from yesterday. Oh, those are good. Those are good times. Yeah. Did we review both Zombieland movies on this show? No. I haven't seen no. the second one. You just have it on there twice. Okay. I was like, <laughs> We did not review Zombieland Double Tap. Because I haven't seen it, so that would be why. Yeah, that would be a big why. Um, I had fun recording this episode of Bacon and Eggs with you. It's been a good time. I missed it. It's been since the 14th. Yeah, it has. Thank you, Becca Eddowes, for recording with me last yeah, week. Yeah, thanks, Becca, for replacing me. Uh, I'm sure you did great. I tried to listen to your episode, but I was unable to because Spotify sucks. We didn't talk much Tarzan either, if it makes you feel better. Yeah, that's fair. Not much to talk about there anyway. Oh, it's a great film. I love Tarzan. It's just not. Oh, you're missing out. It is like one of the worst of the Disney Renaissance by a wide margin. Oh, I just couldn't disagree more. Tarzan is so good. Oh, I loved it so much. I cried. I laughed. I'm sure you did. Oh, you cry at, you cry at commercials. Subaru. Love. It's a, Their ship was a Subaru. No, actually, it was not. It was like a Dodge Dart because it crashed. <laughs> That's what makes a Subaru a Subaru. Uh, so I just I want to remember what they said in the fake Subaru ad they did on Night Vale, and I can't ever remember what it was. It was just like spiders. It's what makes a Subaru a Subaru. <laughs> Something like that. Mm, I don't know. But let's let's move on to the show after the show. Let's finish this this bad boy here. We can continue cutting up for an additional uh, fifteen to twenty five minutes. Who knows? Lit. All right. Um. Well, our graphics 
are by Vaishan Brandon at graphite.vmb on Instagram. And our music is by Andrew Scott Bell at Andrew Scott Bell on Twitter and Instagram and andrewscottbellmusic.com. And you should commission stuff from both those people because they're lovely, lovely human beings. They are super lovely humans. Some of my favorite humans. Some of my favorite humans for sure. Um, also, you should get stuff from those people. Also, you should check out um, our, our Patreon, patreon.com slash bacon and eggs. Join the uh, WB and E Discord and have fr- lots of friends that like movies and theater and nerd stuff and J.R.R. Tolkien. <laughs> oh my god, the newest episode of Talking About was so good. Um, additionally, you should listen to the other shows on the network. You could listen to That's What I'm Talking About, or you could listen to uh, Sincerely Us, or you could listen to Following Dreams, which is about like awesome, crazy, cool stuff. Or I don't know what we're supposed to be promoting this week. I don't remember. We should do... So, here's a crazy thing. Uh, you'll you'll enjoy this, Tyler. When I was in India, I heard an, an EDM DJ, an Indian EDM DJ, doing an EDM version of For Forever from Dear Evan Hansen. Yes. I love this. It was just I like love everything about like this. Dear Evan Hansen club mix <laughs> for forever. And it was it was really weird. I hope it was. I hope you liked it and I hope it was uncomfortable and weird. It was very strange. Although I mean it, it tracks because every time I've heard a song from Dear Evan Hansen, I'm like, that's a lot of drums, guys. Is it? So it makes sense. Yeah, it's a lot of drums. I don't think I've ever noticed. They're like they're just like really loud in the mix on the cast album. I've never noticed this. I have. Well, clearly. What a good show. I don't know. Anyway, but somebody made an EDM version of For Forever. Well, you should listen to Sincerely Us, a casual musical theater podcast. We have a preview for them right here. Cool. Uh, Thanks for listening to Bacon and Eggs. I've been the Edge Hill East with Tyler Carlin, and until next time, arrivederci. And what if I'm in the movie?